Dare we open Pandora's mystic box? To every generation, a slayer is born, except this time, there were six. This is the dimension of imagination. You are entering the mystic zone. Do you ladies see that aura? Something wonderful this way comes. Stand by for a statement from the Mystic Order of East Alabama fiction writers. This is the Mystic Queen speaking to you from the Mystic Podcast Studio. The Queen and the Sister Mystics are all vaccinated and are anxious to resume visiting with their adoring audience. One thing, we actually grew fond of the idle hours and hours and hours. In our last podcast season, we produced one show a week. Against the Mystic Prince's advice, who is the podcaster extraordinaire, we will not launch a weekly podcast, just an excellent one on some Wednesday of each month. (laughs) With that said, I'd like to reintroduce you to the Mystics. I will say that our Mystic Defender, Joanne, is not here today. I don't know why. And our mystic truth seeker, Katie, is also absent. But I have the three M's here, and we'll begin with Mystic Mary. Good morning, Mystic Mary. Good morning, Queen Gail. Will you remind me, because I've forgotten over the year, what is your mystic moniker? Well, my mystic moniker is the nebulous mystic. And that's different. Everybody else's is the mystic something. But that's part of why I'm the nebulous mystic. I thought it was because I like to gaze at stars and all things awe-inspiring, but I think it's just because I'm sort of hither, thither and yon. Do you actually know the definition of nebulous? Well, I think of it as a nursery for stars, (laughs) but I think it also means uncertain. Am I right? I think so. I'm not sure. (laughs) You're you're always right. You're right even when we're wrong. It's a mystic way. Well, we also have uh, the mystic Margie with us. And Margie, what is your moniker? I am the mystic illuminator. And why would that be? Because I illustrate all of our books. <laughs> so an illuminator is an illustrator of books? In the you know, Middle Ages, the monks <laughs> who copied the books um, were the, you know, the copyists. And then the ones that illustrated the books were the illuminators. Well, I saw the Book of Kell when I was in Ireland, was, yes. and I think it was illuminated. It was. It was. And you didn't only, do that, though, did you? No, I'm not quite that old. <laughs> <laughs> Way back. And then also, <clears throat> um, rounding out this session, we have Mystic Marion. And Mystic Marion, I know your moniker, but I don't understand it in any way. You're the dog whisperer. I am the dog whisperer because I have been told all my life, starting from the time I was a child, that I'm somewhat feral. And I have... um, Was that sterile? Feral. Feral. And I seem to, um, I don't know, understand and, and am understood by dogs more than humans. So that... That is why Aren't I'm, feral people raised by wolves? Well, I used to also say that I was raised by wolves, as our followers will remember from former podcasts. I was left with a German shepherd as a babysitter when I was an infant, and I think there was imprinting. 
So I sort of have parlayed that I think story social into social services should have come and checked out. <laughs> are your parents still with us today? My parents are in their nineties and still with us today. I guess they're not subject to social services anymore. Have they left anyone else with a, a dog? No, they haven't. Um, my their German landlady is who left me with her dog Saber when Mama got blood poisoning because she said the doctor at the army hospital was trying to kill her. Oh, I see. And um, gave her blood poisoning when I was delivered. And so she had to return to the hospital, and there was nobody to keep me but the German landlady. So she put me in a dresser drawer and left Saber to watch after me, and I'm pretty sure that's when it happened. Right. You know, after the war, I was born in the Auburn Infirmary, and we were all put in dresser drawers. Those were our bassinets because people, you know were just not affording bassinets right. and extra baby beds. So uh, that's why today I have small problems with dresser drawers. But I think it's why I have so many cast-off dressers. I can hardly <laughs> pass up a dresser at a thrift store or an estate sale. Because it's like the womb, It's right? like the womb. Yes. It's a return to the womb. Well, <laughs> there well, we go. Thank you, Mystics. <laughs> now um, we know. Now, now we know. So we've got Mystic Margie, Mystic Mary, and Mystic Marion. And so um, I guess I think I should be today addressed as Your Majesty, so I'll be an M <laughs> as well instead of the Queen. Um, it is late May, and for Alabama, it is so cool in the mornings. Usually in May, it's sizzling by the time you have your pancakes outside. But um, it's beautiful. We think this podcast will go out one wonderful Wednesday in June. And But this, we'll talk about the week we're in right now. And um, the most memorable thing in my week, because I have adopted my COVID ways and started watching a lot of TV, but um, Jeopardy! has Buzzy, a previous champion, as their guest host this week. And I quite enjoy him, but not as much as Aaron Rodgers, who's a hot hunk. <laughs> and let me tell you, Her Alex... interest in football. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I didn't even know of the Green Bay Packers until... <laughs> so, but um, I know Alex Trebek is turning over in his grave because everybody was salivating, all the women were salivating over Aaron Rodgers. How was your week, Mystic? Uh, Marion? Well, my week started, I suppose, on Saturday when I went to the garden tour, which was fun. And I came home I, sort of to restore my faith in humanity. This, I'm telling the story. I came home and I put a wish list of hard-to-find plants on my Facebook page. And immediately, people I've never met in person but am Facebook friends with started writing and saying, I'll send you seeds for this. I'll send you seeds for that. And I think that's extremely mystical and magical and wonderful that these people I've never met in person have taken an interest in my wish list for perennials yeah. and are sending me seeds. And I've had visits from friends I haven't seen in over a year this week. My friends Joan and Lynn from childhood came over and my friend Roger from graduate school has come over. So I've had quite a, an interesting week. Starting, are they all vaccinated? Or they're are all, they oh, of course they are. I, I, I do not see people who are not doubly vaccinated. And let me say at this point that the mystics are 100% vaccinated, and the queen mystic volunteered in the vaccination clinic on Monday. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Woo, good thank for you. you. It was a little different because in the beginning, like I got vaccinated uh, February 1st. We were all doing the happy dance and jumping up and down and kissing the nurses that gave us the shot. But in the clinic, it was kind of like they were happy because it was over with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't have to have another shot in the arm. But they were kind of blasé about it. And I was thinking, this is saving your life. Why are you so blasé? Well, did you have a good week, uh, Mystic Margie? Yes, I did. I've, I've recently purchased a new little house that I'm actually <laughs> having a studio in. My husband said, we're 73 years old. When are you ever going to have your own studio? And I went, okay, I'm buying this house. So I've been, you know, decorating it. And I'm treating, if you know my work, I make these assemblages. So now I have a three-dimensional assemblage that I am decorating. I just got my fake banana trees because unlike you guys, I do not do well with plants. So I decided why not get fake ones and don't have to water them and they look pretty damn good. Anyway, I did have a grass incident that I will briefly mention. The grass is growing in front of my new place and we only have one lawnmower and my husband and I have several houses that we mow. And uh, so I decided I would just order a lawnmower from Lowe's. So it's coming and then I hear a knock at the door and it's this little guy that's out in front of my house with a riding lawnmower. And he says, do you need your lawn cut? And I went, yes, yes, I do, uh, even though I have a lawnmower coming. So he got on his lawnmower, and I said, how much? And I thought he said $200. And I said, wait, wait, wait. And he said, 20 for the front yard and 20 for the backyard. So I said, okay, go for it. So he does the front yard, but then his lawnmower is too big to get in the backyard because it's gated, it's fenced. But I have a house up the street that one of my children lives in. How many on. damn houses do you have? <laughs> well, I'm trying to buy Hudson Terrace, but I only own two houses. That's a houses. street. It's a street. So <clears throat> I said, I'll tell you what you can do. You can go up to 539 Hudson Terrace and cut that grass. So he said, okay. So I don't hear him because it's only three houses away. So I start walking up the street. Well, he isn't in that yard. <laughs> he went down to... <laughs> 569 Hudson Terrace and he's mowing away and I'm running down the street and I'm going wrong yard wrong yard wrong yard and so he looks at me I went wrong yard back this way so he loads up and so this this people who I don't know half their lawn is mowed are you gonna fess up no I think it would have been charitable if you'd mowed the whole thing and paid for it. Well, really? I paid him ten more dollars for his half. No, I don't mean for him. I mean for the people who own oh, the house. The people that, yes. <laughs> My guess is those people are gardens, not lawns people, and they're furious right now because they came home and their lawn that they were letting go wild is now mown. That's the kind of lawn I have. Well, anyway, he came back and did 539, and um, uh, later my son who lives there called and said, who did you let do this? He cut down one of my wild azaleas. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. So, Mary, what about your week? Well, I had an interesting mystic moment, which I'll have two, I guess, but... um. Margie was part of my mystic moment. I think any encounter with a wild animal is pretty mystical. So I had seen a a woodchuck in my creek, and I'd gone out to visit with the woodchuck and was met by um, a really large cottonmouth who was very pretty. And I lived next to a municipal park, and children play in my creek. So I had lots of ambivalence about the cottonmouth. I mean, I know there's cottonmouths in creeks, but... I mean, I knew, knew this cottonmouth was in my creek, in my yard where kids play. And 
I pondered over it about what to do. And the next day, Margie's walking down the street, and I love how things come together. My husband, Joe, comes out, and then our friend who lives in a teepee in our yard, teepee Joe, <laughs> comes out too. <laughs> we're all standing around looking down into the creek, and teepee Joe says, now where did you see that cotton mouth? And I said, he's right there. And so I, um, what's the word when you think of something and it just appears? I manifested the snake. I manifested him, and there he was, this huge cotton mouth, and he crawled under a rock, and we mulled a little bit and decided we would catch him and release him further down the creek. And at this point, Margie took off. I don't know why. I saw his little tongue come out of his head, and I just said... <laughs> That's because you've got good sense. I, I believe, said, too. I am not going to watch this. <laughs> well, I got the cooler, and T.P. Joe got the tongs, and the cotton mouth now lives further downstream, and I you hope he doesn't think come he back. He doesn't back. swim? He can swim, but, I mean, we're just hoping he'll be happy where right. he is. I understand. I would have taken him to someone else's stream. Well, he's in the As same. a matter of fact, I have a list of people whose stream we could put <laughs> yeah, him in. Yeah, me too. I well, was you, just thinking how fond some of these people uh -huh. would be of a cotton mouth. If you relocate them too far, you run a risk to the snake, and we don't yeah. want to do that. But no, anyway, no, that here's would the be end a damn of the shame, story. wouldn't it, girls? <laughs> the end way? of the story is I've, I'm still looking for the cute furry woodchuck and joe my husband joe saw it running across the street but last night i got a phone call from tp joe and he said the woodchuck was visiting him in his teepee oh, no. <laughs> and he thought it was my little dog Petey, and he went out there and sure enough there was the woodchuck just saying hello so i He's hope that i have more adventures with rabies he probably he probably well, went to preschool and got socialized yes <laughs> <laughs> preschool for groundhogs right. and other animals okay well that was an interesting week girls next on our agenda we are going to talk about our favorite books we've been reading and i'm glad i'm not glad mystic katie's not here because i love mystic katie but she lent me her this book and i called her up after i read it and i said did you mean to lend me this book? Because I'm going to keep it. And, uh, so she said, go ahead and ordered herself another copy. But it's called Becoming Duchess Rosenblatt. And it is the best ever use of Twitter and country music combined. Hmm. And the author is anonymous, but I'm pretty sure the author is from New York and either a publisher or an editor in some, you know, fancy New York book house. I don't want to tell you one thing about it because it is so good that you need your own copy. Why don't you just ask to borrow Katie's and keep it? <laughs> <laughs> Has she replaced it? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. All right, well, we'll just go to Katie. Okay. Miss Mary, have you read a good book? I've read a lot of good books, but for whatever reason, I decided I was going to go back a year or so and talk. I'll just recommend a book by somebody that we know, Chantel Acevedo. I fell in love with her book, Love and Ghost Letters. So I got another one called The Living Infinite. And it's, I can't recommend it highly enough. She's an incredible storyteller. I think she could tell the story of soup boiling on the stove and it would just be Can delightful. I borrow that book? I promise to give it back. You may borrow it. It's, it's historical fiction about the, I don't know how to say, infant, Infanta Eulalia. Yeah. And um, she was a, a true controversial figure. And she traveled to Cuba in 1893. And I won't say anything else about it because that makes it sound boring. But it's what was really the title? good. What was the title again? The Living Infinite. I traveled Chantel to Cuba Isabeta. on the last boat before um, our president at the time said we couldn't go to Cuba. 
I so. wish I had gone with you. Me too. I wish y'all had gone with me too. Cuba's one place I'd really like to go. You know, um, it was my one and only cruise experience. And if, if you're out there, audience, let me give you one bit of advice. Don't buy your art on a cruise. Most of the art is framed posters, so and very expensive framed posters. So. Well, I have a question. Were there lots of handsome men in Panama hats and white linen suits in Cuba smoking cigars? There were lots of them in these cars as your guide. Our, mm-hmm. our uh, tour guide was uh, quite charming and handsome. The picture I have of Cuba is... I was very sorry that I did not uh, take gifts for the Cubans because because of the embargo. Mm -hmm. I think things like nails and hammers and safety pins and not writing pens. I saw a note from Cuba, please quit sending us writing pens and paper. (laughs) (laughs) But you can look up things to take, you know, and you can Mm -hmm. just hand them out to anybody and they'd Mm -hmm. be grateful. They've been very clever with what they have and and point is these cars, these 50s cars. Well, what's your book, Miss Marion? Well, the book that I picked to talk about is... Our friend Scott Wilkerson has a new book that just came out from Negative Capability Press, which is Sue Walker's Press. I believe it's located in Mobile or that area, if I'm not mistaken. The name of it is Cruel Fever of the Sky. And I had not talked to Scott in a while. We were we took, Is it poetry? Yes. And um, it's very interesting. The, I guess you'd say the underlying connector throughout this collection is Icarus. And Scott presents, I mean, we go back and forth from modern day California when Scott was living there. And of course, his language is very beautiful and meet characters that he came in contact with in California. But all throughout, we have Icarus appearing in different places. He appears all over the world in different poems. And what Scott's doing with this is he has Icarus as the model throughout the collection for artistic flying and failing or flying, flying and too falling close to the sun. flying too close and then falling and it's quite brilliantly done mm-hmm. he he contacted me and asked me to write a blurb for it which I did and so oh. it was I really enjoyed reading it I wanted to recommend Scott's new book and it's now out it's listed on Amazon Thank you. That sounds interesting. A country singer wrote the blurb for Becoming Duchess. Hmm. Um, really? Do you remember Rosenblatt. which country singer? I do, but I'm not going to tell You're you because gonna... I hope you read the book. I will read the book now that you said it involves country music. Yeah. <laughs> because as the lyric goes, I was into country when country wasn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> do you think Chris Christopherson wrote it? I kind of doubt that Chris Christopherson wrote it, but it's The possible. Duchess book. No, 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 the, the blurb. The blurb. Oh, the <laughs> no, blurb. Didn't write the book. Oh, oh. Well, the book is by Anonymous. It's a memoir right. by Anonymous, so he could have, but no. He's no. capable so, of it, yeah. certainly. All right, uh, Mystic Margie. Okay, well, my couple of books, but one is, uh, oh, one is Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro, and it is, it's all about an artificial friend about artificial intelligence and how this young girl has an artificial friend. It's, it's really good. It's, um, I'm, it's, is that a computer? You're friends with a computer? No, it's a life-size like person. It's like they're yeah. just like people, but they are really robots, but they're just like people. And they also are learning emotion. And actually they have, as you learn, 
maybe more compassion than people, but they do worship the sun because they're solar powered. So to them, the sun is God. So they pray. She prays every day. She, the girl she is adopted by is sick. So she prays to the sun every day that the girl will be healed. Interesting. So it's kind of interesting. Another one that I, um, I listened to Margaret Atwood on an interview, and she recommended her late husband's book called The Bedside Book of Birds by Graham Gibson. And it's, he collected all of these things on birds, you know, postcards and poems and everything. And it's a compilation of that over his lifetime. Did you buy that book? I did. Can I borrow yes. it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, your majesty. <laughs> Maybe we should bring the books we talk about we to should. the podcast, and then we can do a big mystic shuffle. Yes. I'm not sure that I am um, lending out the Duchess book because it's <laughs> precious to me. We'll get Katie to bring her copy. Yeah, we'll get Katie to, to do that again. Okay. Well, that is very interesting, our, our book selections. We hope our readers, our readers, our listeners out there will read them. We'll be our readers. Uh, next on the agenda is our mystic stamp of excellence, and it can be excellence in film or anything else we care to stamp. And my stamp of excellent, this excellence this week goes to Sir Charles Barclay, who is, by the way, an Auburn graduate, as everyone, all the mystics are Auburn graduates. And uh, he's given a lot of money to Auburn. But he graduated from high school from Leeds City School, and that's east of Birmingham. And he's given them over $3 million dollars. And last year, he made sure every student had Wi-Fi and laptops so they could uh, be equipped for virtual learning. He bought the band new uniforms, and he gives scholarships to Leeds students as they graduate and get ready to go to college. But the thing I like best that he's done, he graduated from Leeds in 1981. But the thing I like best that he did this year, because I'm a teacher, and um, teachers are pretty much underappreciated. I think they're appreciated, but underappreciated. And a point there I'd like to make is this discussion about teachers going back to work, but let's not vaccinate them. I'm trying to see how that makes any sense at all. You know, if a teacher wants to be vaccinated, then go back to work. That sounds great. That sounds like the plan. But anyway, that's an example. But let me tell you what Sir Charles did. He gave an end-of-the-year bonus to every single school system employee, $1,000. This included 225 people in the system, and it, in, it was the bus drivers, the custodians, the teachers, the support staff, and so, much, so many more that work in that lead school. I, I've always thought Charles Barkley was more than just a pretty face, and I think that proves it. Yeah, he's a class yeah. act. That is wonderful. That is great. Is it my turn yeah. for a mystic yeah. stamp? Yeah. I'm giving my mystic stamp of excellence this week or month or whatever we're doing to um, Bob Dylan, who is turning 80 in a few days as of this recording. And he has an album, his new album that came out in June, is uh, June 2020. It's called Rough and Rowdy Ways. And if you haven't picked it up, I highly recommend it. It's excellent and has titles like I Contain Multitudes, Black Rider, a lovely song about Key West, and the almost 17-minute song called Murder Most Foul, which takes you through things leading up to and around the Kennedy assassination. And it is fantastic. I think they're teaching whole college courses on just that song. So shout out to Bob Dylan for being 80 years old and still churning yes. out some beautiful music. 
there's my stamp. Well, I didn't prepare a stamp of excellence, but I thought one up while I was sitting here. <laughs> That's what mystics do. And, so, and I didn't That's do so Joanne-esque. I d- <laughs> Let me lead the discussion on the stamp of excellence. Okay. Um, I didn't do the research, so I can't support my abstract stamp with concrete don't details. Care. You don't need but I'm going to give my stamp of excellence to Jason Isbell. Oh, yeah. I love yes. because oh, yes. he is multi-talented. He he's he writes the most beautiful. He's he's on par with Chris Christopherson as a songwriter, and he and his wife have been so outspoken on important political yes. issues yes. and have supported important political issues. And while I'm at it, I'll just say that when I listen to his song, "If We Were Vampires," I have to lie on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? It is so. Beautiful. I agree. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never heard it. But if we were vampires. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um, I want to say a little bit about that. Jason Isbell and the drive-by truckers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, came to Waverly, and my son, the Mystic Prince, uh, was the MC, And so he got to know them in the early years and started following them. Well, the Mystic Prince, his podcast, which is every week, he interviewed in this last podcast one of the drive-by truckers really yeah so uh, uh the broadcast is called the goods from the woods and if you want to hear from one of the drive-by truckers just listen to rivers langley and the goods from the woods well i when i was preparing my you know mystic moment of excellence or whatever we're supposed <laughs> to do support research okay well i was peer-reviewed. i was thinking about television and so um i would like to highly recommend the hbo series the nevers it's really great. So if you haven't watched that, catch it. It's almost in the last episode. It's called The Nevers, and it's kind of science fiction combined with uh, late 1800s to spaceships and people getting superpowers, and it's pretty fabulous. Really? So I, it comes You're on every Sunday night. the second recommendation I've gotten for that, but my husband's not into all the sci-fi stuff. Well, Every lunchtime, my husband watches also Marco Polo on Netflix. <laughs> and if you're Marco Polo, he had a lot of adventures, and Genghis Khan is in it. And it's pretty, I just catch, I just look at it every lunch when we're eating lunch together. So I have no idea who's, what's going on, but it's pretty fascinating. They do oh, fight yeah. a lot. Those guys are brutal. Another yeah. one on HBO is The Undoing. It's very good. Oh, yeah. Very good. That was, I haven't seen the last one. So oh my try. God! No, oh, tell me the last, you, the last one. But I'm episode. holding my ha- mouth closed for Margie because she just she'll do a spoiler in a minute. I know you it. just better be careful. Yeah, quit, not gonna do quit it, it Margie. <laughs> no, not another word, Margie. Cut Margie's mind. Okay, click. <laughs> All right. Well, we are now to uh, the Mystic C C, which is um, traveling, and. Um, Speaking of the Mystic Prince, he spent four months with us during COVID. He came from L.A., and he got a late afternoon shot. He wasn't old enough, but there was one left over, so he had to stay another month, and then two weeks after that. So he came at Thanksgiving, and he left after, I guess, in March. We went on an adventure every day, and one of the adventures we Uh, we went on was to Jackson Lake Island in Millbrook, Alabama, and this is the set of the town of Spectra where Big Fish was filmed. 
I would recommend it to everyone, except on May 4th, it was hit by a tornado. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, and the big pavilion looks like it's ruined. I looked at it online, and uh, but it has little lambs and little goats all over the island, and they were all okay, so yeah. that's important. Yeah, but if they get it cleaned up, I feel like at $5 a head, which is very cheap, and it was so cheap, I said to the guy, do you have senior rates? And <laughs> <laughs> And he took you seriously? Well, he said, ma'am, we're a mom-and-pop operation here. <laughs> but um, anyway, I recommend it so highly. It's on the Coosa River, and it's beautiful. And, uh, well, it's $5 a head. So if they do, look online and see when they reopen, and I'd visit Jackson Lake Island in Millbrook, Alabama. It's been on my to-do list. I wish I'd done it before the daggum tornado. It's one of the places I would actually like to go to. Well, we can all go there. It's a one-day trip. Yeah, let's, yeah, go. let's go. We'll get our Diet Cokes. Marion will blindfold you because we're going to take some left turns. Oh, it's it's not the left turn. <laughs> I, I trust all of your driving. Yeah, I, we'll take the big white as long car as I and don't we can have get to every mystic in it. Okay. Oh, well, let's go. Well, where are you traveling to, Mary? Well, I, um, I was like, man, I didn't do anything. I stayed at home during the pandemic, but... um. That's not true. I went to my favorite place, Edisto Island in South Carolina, not once, not twice, but three times during the pandemic. So I spent a total of a month at Edisto, which is a a little barrier island in South Carolina with one road in, and they still, you know, have a lot of Gullah influence there, and it was as lovely a place to isolate and be quarantined as possible because there's nobody there. And in fact, our daughter, Anna, joined us on the second trip. And when she got there, she tested positive for COVID. So we had to stay, boo-hoo, <laughs> a little bit later. Than, so we stayed over two so weeks. So she was quarantined. She was quarantining with us at Edisto. Remarkably, um, Joe and I did not get it. We were pretty, pretty careful. But she was still able to go outside and be outside a lot. Um, so, so she had no symptoms? She got symptoms on the drive up. And it's oh. a long drive. It was eight hours or seven hours. Eight so. hours from Auburn? Mm-hmm. So she couldn't turn around and leave. So she went into Charleston the next day and got a test and was positive. And so we just stuck her in the bedroom, and she spent time on the porch, and we still thoroughly enjoyed our vacation. We happened to be there during um, the election returns, and... It was riveting to watch TV on vacation. <laughs> so Edisto has TV service. Do they have internet service? They do. And, and I actually, now I work online. So I was the reason I was able to take these vacations is because I can throw all my work into a, a box and take it with me. And the internet worked the whole time. And I was able to work from Edisto. So it, it was nice. Nice place to quarantine. Dolphins. Hanging Spanish moss. I know your trips were all to Jernigan. Well, I've, I've made some trips to Jernigan. This is always the hardest part of the podcast for me is the travel section. However, I have a really good imagination, and I <laughs> came up with an answer for where I've traveled to, and it's a, a good answer. I traveled to Notasolga because our friends Bill and Poe Weiss gave me an opium bed, a teak opium bed that's been stored in <laughs> our Can you smoke this bed? You can't smoke the bed, but you can put your opium in two little doors that are on the bed that open and close for you to keep your resin. 
and opium paraphernalia in. The bed is in 4,500 pieces, and it's heavy. It's because it was owned by an opium Well, taker. it was shipped from Bali, and it's never been unpacked. Well, I, that's not true, because... Billy told me he did put it together once. Have you got it together now? Oh, no. I, don't, I can't even lift it. I mean, this is going to require two males with, or, or females with superhuman strength. But it's in my, it's all part of the chaos that is my life right now. But I have a teak opium bed in my. Does it come with opium when you buy it? No, but no, it does not. I'll just give a simple, quick answer to that. No. <laughs> I, I want to say to our uh, interested listeners out here that I will be posting a picture on the Mystic Order Facebook page and maybe the Twitter account, if I can remember how to get into it, of Marion in a similar opium bed um, so that you can have a visual to go with the story. One of the most fun days in recent memory is a day that our friend Gina, who owned the Rattling Gourd Gallery in La Chapoca, opened it to Mary and me and allowed us to have the upstairs so that Mary could be my photographer and I could pose in various outfits and beds in beds but mostly another opium bed that belonged to the Weeses that also came from Bali but sadly that opium bed burned in a fire oh a year so we ago. could call you the bed whisperer too you right? could also call me the bed whisperer you know we went to the um do nanny which was in Salem, Seal. Seal. Seal, and I don't know if you remember this, but you got in some bed there. And you took my photo. It's yes. one of my favorite photos. Yes. It was a pink bed. And what is it? It painted more than pink, though, but it was a do definitely a do nanny Pepto-Bismol pink, and I had on fluffy things that you, what do you call those things? Wings? No, like scarves. Yeah, a, a boa. Boas. I, they weren't boa. feathered. They were actually knitted or crocheted or something, but they were fluffy. <laughs> they were fluffy boas. Uh -huh. And I was lying in that bed and you took my photograph and I love that photograph. It's a great memory. I, I don't, I haven't seen it lately, but anyway. It makes me real happy to be sitting at a table with some of my best friends and, the, you know, that we can say things like, well, you know, I was at the Do Nanny. We've all gone to the Do Nanny and we've all had adventures at the Do Nanny. And yeah. there's just not many friends I can sit at tables I'm with and really, have that experience. I'm really, really sorry that um, there's no more Do Nannies. Yeah, me too. I am too. Well, Miss Marty. I travel. Okay. <laughs> you did. What a surprise. You're our most Marty, traveled, probably. Have you been to Natasolka? Uh, I have been to Nottasolga, but not lately. I, actually, during the pandemic, my daughter, Britton, who lives in Atlanta, we would meet in Pine Mountain, Georgia, and go hiking in the FDR State Park. It's where FDR had the little White House, and um, there are lots of trails there. And I ended up having to, as we were hiking, my daughter would not touch me because she didn't want to be exposed <laughs> to COVID. And we were crossing all of these streams, and I was going like... <laughs> I need a hand, you know, please, Britton, help your mama. And so I ended up buying a walking stick off of Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> so when we hike, it's in the back of my car right now, it was a handmade one. And so I have this staff that I walk with, and therefore I don't need my daughter to lend me a helping hand. <laughs> That's funny. You know, uh, when the Mystic Prince was here, we went somewhere every day to walk, and... 
I had just ruptured a tendon, a major tendon in my foot, and it didn't hurt, but I was certainly not a good walker. So I got those Trek sticks, the two oh. Trek sticks. They were $9.99 on Amazon. So oh, there's a shout out. I told y'all recently that I sprained my ankle a couple of weekends ago when I was home alone, and I had to fashion a rollator out of my rolling yoga ball chair and a three-step step ladder. So... <laughs> <laughs> I've had a walking experience too, with not a ruptured tender. Well, we're tender. all getting getting older. No, every I went to see all my doctors the last two weeks that I hadn't seen in a year, and they all said these thing this thing to me. As we get older, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, I wanted to comment that I also got some of those walking sticks once when my husband and I were going to go trek in Nepal, but then they had the earthquake. And so we ended up not going, and we took the walking sticks back to REI. <laughs> well, you took them well, back. These were cheap. Like you were never going to walk again. These were cheap ones. You can do cheap well, so cheap we could of, donate them. These are kind of expensive. <laughs> they were real trek sticks. <laughs> you know, uh, when I was in uh, Saint Lucia, I went to this bird preserve, and this these tourists that were all really elderly and skinny from Britain all had these fancy walking sticks, but they were all, the women had the kind of safari shirt on, but under it was those beautiful, what do you call them? Boo, with the, they're like tall bras to the waist. And they've got lace. Camisoles? No, they weren't a camisole. But all these elderly women were wearing these fancy uh, underclothes. Corsets? And no, they're not corsets. <laughs> Brawlets. <laughs> Brawlets. They were brawlets. <laughs> I'll have to think. Bustiers. Bustiers. Bodices. And oh. they were like, every Bodice. one of them had a purple one, a green one. I thought, this is so odd, but what am I? I don't know much about bird watchers. I'm just a bird appreciator. Bird watchers and bodices. Well, have we gone through the uh, travel sequence? Yes. And yeah. now we're to Mystic Bites, which is our food section. I mine is about hummus, which I totally dislike. In fact, I was excommunicated from the Unitarian Church because of my stand on hummus. However, my buddy, an excellent author, Rita Grimsley Johnson, gave me some pear cranberry balsamic vinegar from Past Christiane olive oils and vinegars. I guess you could get it from any vinegar store. I haven't seen a vinegar store in a while, but this one's still alive and well. And I mixed that with some really tasteless hummus, not a lot, just a little bit, and voila. It was absolutely fabulous. I think I invented that, so when it comes out, hummus with pear and cranberry balsamic vinegar, remember you heard it first from the queen. Well, Are you aware that baba ganoush is now called eggplant hummus? Well, at Kroger? Only at Kroger. at Kroger. Only at Kroger. Yeah, so you do like eggplant egg hummus. No, it's baba ganoush. I know it's baba ganoush, but it very is, it's, idea. it's actually sold at Kroger as eggplant hummus. So. I, I, ha I have to comment that we met the hummus lady when we were in Shanghai uh, visiting our son, and it was actually the guy went to Auburn University. We met him at the Marriott at this little reception they had every day with a bar kind of with these kind of executive people. So I don't know how we got in there, but we were there. And my husband had on his Auburn hat, and the guy goes, like, War Eagle. And he went, War Eagle. Well, we started chatting, and he was retired from, like, Dow Chemical or something in Shanghai. 
and he realized that there was no hummus in China, so he started making hummus, and he called himself the Hummus Lady, and he <laughs> supplied, That's so different. He supplied all of these restaurants. He he got a commercial chick, uh, kitchen. <laughs> in his From chickpeas. <laughs> commercial <laughs> chicken. Chickpea. Chickpea uh, and so he was, you know, just doing really great as the Hummus Lady. He said, it, you know, to be the Hummus Lady was better than being the Hummus Man. Yeah, because that would be so, weird. So anyway, but Auburn grad makes it big as hummus lady. Yeah. What, awesome. Was the hummus every kind? I, is he still living? Because I'm going to give him my clue about balsamic uh, They vinegar. were moving back to the States, but um, I, I don't remember his name. I'll have to look it up. But um, Well, the next time y'all get some tasteless hummus, okay, uh, just a little bit of balsamic vinegar. If you can find cranberry and pear, do we have... Those kind of vinegars around, I've never seen anything but white and dark. I bet they have them at like World Market. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. We have like apple cider vinegars around. Well, yeah, but that won't do it. You've got yeah. to have a little bit of fruit. It's got to be infused. Mm-hmm. All right, what is your, your uh, worry about asking Mary about her favorite food? <laughs> I sure do eat a lot of good peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and I eat a lot of them during pandemic. <laughs> On whole wheat bread, smoker's peanut butter, and preferably homemade jam or jelly. There you go. There's my mystic bite. There you go. Mary is not our cook. Mm -mm. Well, I started back on the Mediterranean diet. I'm off of it for reasons I won't go into for a day or two. But I started back on it this past week, and I made lentil salad for the first time. That includes vinegar and olive oil and feta cheese and... um, Pine nuts. It's quite delicious. Did you bring samples? No, I cooked the I cooked the lentils from a bag, you know, in the crock pot overnight, and then I made the salad the next day, and I keep it in the refrigerator so when my son comes by for lunch, there's something to dip out. But I will bring the recipe, and the next time we eat together as mystics, I'll bring that for yeah. my Ooh, yummy. for my yes. recipe. But I was thinking this was going to be well. I mean, I wasn't thinking anything. I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> treat, I was gonna it. treat this as mystic B Y T E S, and I was gonna tell y'all <laughs> that I've been listening this week to a podcast called "In God We Lust," and it's the Jerry Falwell Jr. and Becky and the Pool Boy story. Ooh. If y'all are interested in something lascivious, oh, to always, to. always. I mean, that's my middle name. <laughs> well. Queen Lascivious. I was gonna. I didn't want to point that out under Mystic Opus. Hey, I like that. Queen Lascivious. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It doesn't just start with an M, but okay. It's on Wondery, but I mean, I think y'all can find it on. It's on what? Wondery, but I think you can find it on whatever you oh, listen yeah, to po- podcasts on. But it's free on Wondery. Ah. Well, I have to highly recommend the pimento cheese from Publix called My Three Sons. And it's not the, it's just regular pimento cheese, but it's really good. And I eat it every day with pecan nut thins. Yum. Oh, yum. And that is like, and also the Clausen sliced kosher dill pickles. Well, Mm. yeah, that's a given. That is just the Mm. best. And, um, oh, I do have a, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. That's all I, I have I have say. a food thing. My husband had to have some surgery that made him where he had to eat soft food for a while, and he was searching for the perfect mac and cheese, and he kept getting this runny mac and cheese. He was getting it every meat and three and grocery store, and I said, I'll make you some mac and cheese, the kind that stands up when you cut it. So I went digging into my old recipe box and made the old-fashioned mac and cheese that stands up when you cut it, and y'all, it has eight eggs. Ooh, eight that's eggs. why it stands up. Every noodle is 
filled with egg and it is oh my god it's so good <laughs> is it's it delicious oh, probably all illegal right. all right wow <laughs> okay bring that next i will well, <laughs> i don't even know if we have time for our topic today we we'll probably have to treat it like um the mystic bites and just do a little short something about it but our topic for today is things i learned in quarantine and i know everyone has tales to tell about their covid days the thing i learned most is i looked at my calendar during covid and there was only one thing written on it and it was a doctor's appointment and i keep my my uh paper calendars and i looked at the ones uh months back before covid and every single space was filled in with something to do or somewhere to be and i even had written on the with arrows to the outside margins and I really have decided that that is crazy. I want something in the middle of that to make my days less busy and have more time for just idle idling. That was my one thing I learned. And the second thing I learned was, and I was reminded of this, I had a friend in high school and after graduate school, we both ended up back at Auburn for a while looking for jobs and it was not just the greatest time for both of us. You know yourself when you're a college graduate and you don't know what's ahead. But he wanted to go somewhere every day, you know, whether it was to an old town they've built in Georgia or out to look at horses. He wanted to go somewhere every day. And I found myself just being filled with a lot of joy in a time that was, was scary for me looking for my new life. And when the Mystic Prince was here, he wanted to go somewhere every day. And we went all over Alabama to some of the most curious places there are. One was, of course, the Jackson Lake Island. Another one was we went to Fort Decatur. And Fort Decatur is just out in the middle of nowhere on 85, exit 22, I think. And it's just a rock that says this was once Fort Decatur, and we had to go through field and stream and bramble to find this place. I can't really remember what Fort Decatur, uh, what, what war or whatever. <laughs> All I remember is trying not to get snake bitten and thorn scratched. So I found myself every day, even though COVID was going on and we were all, until we got totally vaccinated, all nervous and um, afraid. And I found myself felt feeling a lot of joy with just some very simple things. Okay, uh, two things I learned during COVID. I don't need any clothes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I love masks. Oh, yeah. I do too. No need for a facelift now, girls. Like, yeah. No yeah. need for a facelift. No need just, for lipstick. Yeah, just put on that mask. Well, yeah, and when your doctor zaps you, you know, to get rid of those un unhappy places on your face, you can wear a mask and no one knows you've been zapped. Okay, those are my those yeah, are those are good. two right, things Mary, that I learned. Well, I just learned really what I already knew, but that I'm an introvert. I love masks, and I thoroughly enjoyed I was very sorry that people were sick and that small businesses were going under. I didn't really care if corporations did, but I was very sad that people were losing their small businesses and loved ones and people were sick, but I thoroughly enjoyed having no deadlines or time constraints or destinations. 
that my calendar was empty, as Gail said. It was so nice not to look at my calendar and say, I have to do this today and this today and this tomorrow. I loved it. So that's what I learned during quarantine. And also that I can live for a long time on a cabbage and some sweet potatoes. Mm. <laughs> you should have married the Mystic King instead of me. <laughs> COVID was made for the Mystic King. He and didn't have to, because I drag him to every social event known to man. And um, I couldn't. Right. And he just thoroughly enjoyed his COVID time of not being taken advantage of by his social wife. I've always enjoyed spending a lot of time by myself. So I was fine mentally through COVID, except for worrying about people. A lot of crazy things were happening with my family, a lot of medical stuff. I lost my job. You know, I was working in schools. And so on March, I mean, yeah, March 13th, I've, that was my last day of working. And I had to find really fast an income. And so the day after March 13th, I started applying to teach online. And I've had five teaching contracts working with five different companies in five different time zones. That, that doesn't always correlate, but it's been a huge experience. I mean, it's, I've never done anything like this before, and in the past year, I've just delved right into it, everything from making language learning videos to writing curriculum to teaching. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm still doing it, and I think I'm just going to keep doing it. Just working from home. I love working from home in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. I love not having to work from home. I just right. retired three weeks ago, and I can't even catch up with everything. I w- I'm busier now trying to catch up mm-hmm. with everything I couldn't do when I mm-hmm. was working. Working, I don't want to work from home. I want to play from home. That'll be my next I would rather play from home, but I'd <laughs> rather work from home than have to park a car and climb a hill and come in contact with colleagues. Right. If we yeah. must work. If we must some work. Some of us still must, must work. work. I think there's been a big discussion on that on uh, maybe 60 Minutes or about people who've been home working and they don't want to go back. Right. They want to stay home and work. Mm-hmm. Well, we have arrived at the Mystic Moments, and the Queen is thinks she'll go last for the Mystic Moments. So, Mystic Margie, well, what, what was a- your Mystic Moment? Uh, watching Mary... threatened to catch a water moccasin (laughs) that was my mystic moment and i'm sorry i chickened out but i that snake looked at me and i knew they were going to get it by its little neck and it was going to get away and jump on me yes i I think you're right i think you're right you're the smart one (laughs) oh oh, who caught it tp joe caught it with the snake catcher tongs Oh, okay. Well, I didn't h- hang around for that. I thought snake catchers were those loops that you pull. Yeah, they, those don't work. They didn't work with our snake that ended up in our toilet. We needed tongs. Oh, you have a snake toilet. That'll be for another day. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> what was your mystic moment, Mary? I'm not sure I had a mystic moment. I did last year transplant a bunch of invasive passion flowers to my back fence, and it, they've covered it. Well, they're invasive. Right. And... and, and, and <laughs> And, um, you know, against everybody else's better judgment, I dug these little baby passion flowers up and planted them along the fence. And when I go out some mornings and many of them are blooming purple and smelling so sweet, that in itself is a mystical moment to see that purple blanket of invasive blooms and smell their (laughs) scent. In college, this guy would make Kickapoo Joy Juice in a big old tub, and he'd float those in the top of it, and they're poisonous. Yes. So um, it's amazing. This is someone we all know. Maybe. If you if you know <laughs> how to if you know how to use them, they are used in 
pharma in a pharmaceutical way as a um, call. getting rid of what <laughs> a calming you don't agent. Care for Very cool. A calming <laughs> agent, but you have to know what you're doing to Not use them. Call. It's sort of like using. Oh, why bother? Let's just like, try it. It's like you know making your own fox glove for digitalis. I think there's some danger involved, but um, yeah, they are used as a well, calmant. Oh, everybody drank Kickapoo Joy Juice and floating on top are these beautiful flowers, and it was years later that I found out they were poisonous. So, um, there. We made ice cream there. out of them two years ago. <laughs> so, there. Sorry, did, did you feel calm? Yes, very, very calm. My, my heartbeat was hardly noticeable. <laughs> we don't have to do like medical disclaimers on our podcast, do we? Yes. <laughs> do not try this at home. There we go. I had a real mystic moment. It was truly mystical. I, the two things I did every day this this quarantine, this year, was work and walk at Kiesel Park. We walked three and a half miles every blooming day at Kiesel Park with the dogs. And my feet hurt, and I'm getting old, and walking is not making them feel better. And I haven't gotten my walking sticks yet, but I'm going to. But I decided I wanted a bicycle, that I would take a bike out there, and that would hurt, that would hurt my feet less. But then I started looking how much bicycles cost, and I was stunned. And I thought, mm, I'm not going to get a bicycle. And and I couldn't even find one on Facebook Marketplace that I could afford. <laughs> but then one of our neighbors right down the street from here put one out on the side of the road. And they were out there. And I said, are you throwing this out? Yep. And it's a perfectly good Schwinn five-speed bike. Oh, wow. my. And so I've tried riding it around the neighborhood. It all works. I'm like, that was so mystical. It just happened within days of the decision to get a bike that one appeared. A manifested God knows a bike. who needs a bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Wow. That was very mystical. The law of attraction. You speak it to the universe and the universe provides. That's right. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I can't tell you how many times Gail has acted for the law of attraction, God, and provided from an estate sale something that I really, really, really needed. You didn't mm. need it. You just wanted it. I just it. wanted it. You just wanted it. <laughs> just wanted it. Well, my mystic moment is is maybe a little bit light on the light side, but we're fans of American Idol. We're the last fans. Everybody else has moved over to The Voice, but we watch it on Sunday night. And there is this um, very large black man on American Idol, and his name is Willie Spence. And <clears throat> I don't know much about music at all, but I'm absolutely sure Willie Spence is an angel. It is amazing singing. And if you want to watch him on YouTube, you can. Because watching him once, you know, or twice on the broadcast just isn't. Uh, he is truly. And y'all know I am not much on music. Right. That's you know, was, I'm just, I'm not. We, I was thinking that. I started watching American Idol so I'd have an excuse not to go to city council. And when people would call me and say, we need your voice at city council, I'd go, oh, no, that's American Idol night. So... <laughs> Now I'm very, and I've told you about the American Idol can, um, contestant that sang to me in South Dakota, but this is a whole different thing, uh, and I can't say enough about Willie Spence, even okay. if he doesn't, he's down to the last four, even if he doesn't win American Idol, which is dependent on 
voters. I don't vote, you know. People call in and vote. Even if he doesn't win, he is the American Idol, and he is the voice. He's amazing, and I demand that you all listen to him. Okay. We've been demanded. Um, the queen has spoken. Wait, are you demanding it to the listening audience? Yes, yes, yes. Why, why stop here with the <laughs> <Right>. mystics? <laughs> I demand everyone listening out there to listen to Willie Spence sing because he is amazing okay okay he's got some amazing grace well maybe i'll link to one of his youtubes on our mystic social media oh good whatever that means i want you to okay okay well we have come to the end of the mystic podcast for the month of probably june and oh i wish some of our audience would send us some uh response how do they do that mary they listen to you know, they, whatever they're listening to. I, I don't know. They can subscribe to things. Um, they can like. It just depends on what platform they're listening. We have to. a Facebook page. Write our Facebook page and tell tell us that you're a Mystic fan. We just like to hear from you, people. We we do have one fan. He lives in Birmingham. We do. And we love him. We do we love do. him. I we've sent been, him presents. Yeah, we've been known you. to send the fans little mystic geekalls. You mean the fans. So you never know. <laughs> the fans. No, the hordes of fans, I think you mean. Yes, yes. Hordes of fans. Yes. We love y'all fans. Thanks, fans. We love y'all fans. <laughs> so <laughs> let us know what you're thinking, and it is over and out for the Mystic Order of East Alabama Fiction Writers. Mm-hmm.